0: Good day, you're listening to CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. I am Stefan Christoph, host of Free City Radio. Today I'm going to be sharing some additional uh, programming with you, uh, interview voices. These are two um, members of the Iranian diaspora living in Montreal, Leila Rafari and Amir Naimi. They share their reflections on the meaning of the current protests in Iran that have been taking place throughout 2023 and, of course, over years before. I found the perspectives shared in this exchange interesting because they offer reflections that I think provide some nuance to the context of the uprising in Iran. What I mean by this is you can hear uh, clear support for the demonstrations and the demands for greater democratic participation, as well as economic and social justice, while also there is a recognition and a discourse that I think speaks to a truth, which is that there is a constant effort uh, from um, authorities, In Saudi Arabia and the United States to intervene in Iran this does not mean in any way that the demands for um, democratic participation and against state repression uh, executions um, uh, corruption and injustice in Iran aren't meaningful they're so important and I think finding a way to support those protests is essential Um, These conversations are ongoing. I've had uh, exchanges with a number of Iranian activists and thinkers, scholars, um, artists, both in Montreal and around the world. So I'm sharing these uh, voices today on CGLO as part of this broader um, exchange. Um, In spring 2023, I coordinated a global broadcast called Voices Across Borders, and that was featuring Iranian artists from around the world expressing their clear support for the protests in Iran. So I wanted to share these voices. I recorded this um, interview in the context of preparing for that global broadcast, and I wasn't able to include all of it on that um, international initiative, which more focused on music and poetry. So here are the voices of Amir and Leila. Um, Amir, Naimi and Leila Rafari who are in Montreal um, and I'm sharing this for CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. I'm Stefan Christophe, host of Free City Radio. We air uh, weekly on CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal and also on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. The archives for my program are at soundcloud.com slash radio. Thanks for
1: listening. I'll talk to you soon. So what I'm uh, trying to say is that uh, this uh, movement is embedded within Iranian uh, society in different aspects of life. It involves younger generation, different social class in terms of uh, involving the workers, the students, the professionals, and even within the structure of uh, government, uh, there are different factions that are uh, at play right now. And uh, if we want to summarize uh, people, they want change in the way politics is managed in Iranian society. The traditional forms are not... Uh, effective anymore. They are no longer able to um, answer the uh, questions that people, they have in uh, in mind in terms of how the government is run, how the economy is run, and how social justice is being, um, uh, taking uh, shape and form in Iran. But one thing we should keep in mind is that uh, what's at play at final analysis is the political economy. What we are seeing now is the imposition of outside will on Iranian society in terms of maximum pressure and economic sanctions. Uh, Major political uh, forces in international arena are playing a role in imposing who governs the uh, uh, balance of power within the geopolitics of Middle East, uh, West Asia, and specific Iran because Iran has been a major point in Silk Road for centuries and now uh, a new economy is playing a main uh, action in terms of connecting east to the west to europe north south so who controls all these factors uh, is uh, in fact in my opinion the major issue in what's uh, what we are going to see within the next couple of uh, years in iran if the governments come to a conclusion that it has to find a balance between maintaining its relationship with the East, China and Russia, as well as Europe and United States is the question. From
0: what I gather, a a main demand that crosses almost all the demonstrations is that people want more political participation, both within economic decision making, but also political decision making and also the cultural atmosphere of society. Definitely.
1: Uh, That's to say that ideology is no longer playing a role in Iranian politics. People are demanding more freedom in terms of economic activities, social activities. They want to be uh, capable of determining their role within Iranian society. The uh, huge fraction of Iranian society, which is made of women, are educated now. They have uh, higher education and uh, they want to play a role, a meaningful role. And they want to be the one who determines their role in uh, how they function within society.
0: And people are facing deadly repression for being on the streets. This is not only in Iran that we see protest movements facing repression, police violence, but when people are making these demands, they're facing police violence, military violence.
1: That is true. It's unfortunate. I would say any political establishment uh, strives to maintain its power uh, with enforcing its power by means of aggression, if it comes to, uh, uh, to the reality on the ground. In Iran, uh, unfortunately, we have seen deadly oppression, deadly reinforcement of uh, uh, you know, security forces around the, around the country in uh, dealing with the protesters. But uh, if the government is uh, smart enough To realize the situation, I think it will give uh, a better arena to people to express their uh, ideas and to take part in peaceful demonstrations. Uh, That is to say that demonstrators have to uh, be uh, smart as well and not to let foreign intervention, uh, foreign influence in terms of uh, resorting to uh, violence and uh, damaging the public uh, assets. Mm -hmm. So it's a two-way street.
0: Uh, I guess I can ask you a bit about, like, so you, you've been in Montreal, uh, throughout the protests? Yes. Okay, so when you're watching what, what's been happening in Tehran, like, can you just describe, people might be watching the news and sort of seeing something happening far away. That's not the case for you. How has it been for you to, like, see what's happening, um? Just the experience of being far away while all this political turbulence is taking place.
2: Uh, well, it's it's a very emotional situation, I should say, and we um, uh, we cannot do many things from here because I think that people who are outside Iranians who are outside of Iran, they cannot decide for people who are inside of Iran. So it is it is a very delicate situation. The reactions that we might have. Emotional reactions, we sure have, because people are struggling in Iran and we are not happy to see it. We are, it really disturbs us. But I think that the moment that we put foot in this trade and we claim things like foreign intervention and sanctions, we are imposing a posture on Iranian people who are living in Iran. So. Uh, I think that the 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 idea that I had that was that we have to support Iranian people who are protesting inside of Iran by uh, supporting the um, the right to choose for them who are living in Iran, but not to choose for them or instead of them, mm-hmm. uh, which is very complicated now because there are different forces within the Iranian community, diaspora uh, who are trying to uh, choose for people who are living in Iran. Uh, And it's unfortunate, I would say, because here we are talking about a revolution that's coming. But I'm not sure that people in Iran, they call it a revolution. They want to change. They still want change. And they have achieved some things throughout these demonstrations that they were, as you said, they were really violent and uh, repressive and everything. Uh, But... For example, women who were in front of the uprising, they, uh, they claimed the right to choose how they were, uh, what they were, uh, and the, the mandatory hijab is almost eliminated in the society right now. So in, uh, in the university, I talk with my friends, people they don't wear hijab anymore and nobody is oppressing them. So we are achieving with, with these movements, we are achieving gradually some freedoms. Uh, that people appreciate and I think that if the financial situation economic situation in Iran goes towards a better uh, future for Iranian people who are living inside of Iran people will be happy I mean they need this economic freedom to be able to exercise their, their rights and then cultural freedom so if we have these elements within the the structure that we have already the, the change that they are expecting to see uh, then uh, we don't need to talk about a revolution so I think that the, the diaspora should be very careful of how they interpret the claims of the Iranian people inside of Iran and this is what worries me when I see the news and everything because I'm I'm worried that the people inside of Iran would be instrumentalized by other forces external forces or internal forces so um, this is why it's, it's not easy for me to act uh, about these demonstrations but to uh, I can just support them but without but being very careful not to choose instead of them
0: mm-hmm. um, so you spend a long a lot of years of your life in Iran so when you're seeing the demonstrations now can you talk a little bit about like seeing protests on the streets you're familiar with which is not that common in the last 20 years there's been some but how has it been to see the images of people protesting for you
2: I think it is it is uh, I'm happy to see that that people they have taken streets uh, the streets as you say that I know uh, that I have walked through and uh, for me as an um, urbanist I, it's like it's a huge thing to see that the political aspect of urban space and that the people there are claiming the rights in the streets beca- because they there are no other places to claim mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so um, it is a positive thing that we're seeing I'm happy about it even though it is uh, it is violent, and we have we have police force and everything uh, I think the presence is important. It has been declining uh, from, I mean, since the beginning of the uprising because people um for different reasons then now they' people are going back to the, to the to their lives
0: also a lot of people are in jail
2: yes, a lot of them are waiting to see what happens and then and from the start it wasn't we cannot say that the majority of the iranian society inside of iran supported demonstrations because from the beginning there were um there were some uh some parts of the society who decided to go towards some specific claims that not everybody supported so many people they decided not to go into the streets because of that so we cannot say it was the majority of people who were in the streets, but it was uh, it was a it was a move that was interesting in terms of political freedom, and uh, mm-hmm. that uh, I think that we we took a step forward that we cannot undo it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is very interesting and very positive. So in the long run, I think the society has been growing throughout these protests, mm-hmm. even if the i mean the change is gradual but it's ha- it's happening so i'm very happy in in that respect even if you're sad for what's happened to some people and then the the situations that we had to face and the images that we had to see but i think in the in the long run we are on the on the positive track of things
0: also for this broadcast i'll be featuring some additional reflections from mohammed abdulreza zadi who is a young um, academic and activist uh, studying at Concordia University, um, who is uh, from Iran and has been participating in the protests in Montreal. Um, I also recorded him for the Voices Across Borders um, broadcast, and I wanted to... um, feature uh, some of his additional reflections here on this uh, special broadcast for CGLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.
3: My name is uh, Mohammad Abdel Zadeh. I go by Mo. I'm a PhD student at Concordia University in Montreal. My research is about homelessness and uh, I was dealing with social issues uh, both in Iran and in Canada for almost 10 years. Uh, working with Afghan refugees in Iran and uh, a homeless topic in Canada I found that um, our communities in different uh, parts of the world are dealing with serious social uh, issues and uh, we're understanding that all of these problems have at the same time local and global uh, roots and they are well connected to each other and uh, I as a Iranian person uh, was dealt with some of protests in Iran uh, before coming to Montreal. The most important one was the Green Movement in Iran. Uh, for sure many people were much more involved than me. They got prison and got uh, captured in the prison or got killed with the government. Uh, lots of uh, sad stories happened to them and what I observed that generally People wanted uh, a kind of small or reform, small change or reform uh, from the government, uh, but there was a a significant resistance on the other side, and we just noticed that the presidency candidacy and also for the parliament was so uh, restricted for some specific uh, candidates. Also, you heard the news about the almost. Uh, 1,500 people were killed uh, in the months of Arban I'm not sure about the English uh, uh, months, but it's about um, October it should be October, last October, uh, one year ago due to the existing situation in Iran that almost everybody knows and this new movement that Uh, all Iranian uh, call it as a revolution uh, called a woman life uh, freedom Uh, I as an Iranian who's not living inside the country and I am just observing that how the media is uh, repress and uh, people have minimum access uh, to the internet and uh, there is no independent uh, uh, press or media in the country uh, I started uh, contacting uh, people in Montreal and finding other Iranian uh, groups or people who care about politics and uh, also being more active on the social media to just project what's happening in Iran and uh, I think that mm, oh, we are living in a time that if something is not written or recorded on, on the media it seems that it, it's not, it has not happened, you know, and uh, even I noticed that during these um, pro- uh, protests in Iran that almost 400 people, including 63 kids, were uh, killed by the uh, uh, government forces uh, those people who are living in uh, on the uh, uh, underdeveloped uh, areas in Iran the poor cities and have not access to the cell phone or internet there we rarely hear their news in comparison to the capital city of Tehran and these politics of media representation um, happens everywhere and uh, I saw myself as an individual that how I can, Uh, um, uh, project these stories in a bigger uh, scale based on my resources and connections. And even uh, this uh, opportunity, uh, recording myself and uh, you put it on your media is a great opportunity for me to uh, narrate those stories. I see this change in two levels, talking to friends in Iran and hear That uh, while we talk about revolution and while we see a big change in uh, in a scale of a country, we also see an individual level of change. You know, that one of my friends in Iran was talking to me that you, you see yourself that what kind of change is happening to you and you connect it to the bigger scale, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Connecting the mi- micro and macro scale, mm-hmm. that uh, yeah, we talk about the, What kind of grocery do you buy in your everyday life? What kind of media do you listen to? Uh, what kind of work are you dealing with? And also, how these are contributed to the politics in different in bigger scales, you know and while we're living in a complex world and there are lots of things uh, and we are bombarded with too much information uh, besides the importance of knowing what's happening and also the politics and history we should start uh, trusting our bodies and our feelings and what i should do and uh, the whole um, process of uh, trusting ourselves helps us to be more more courage as I was born in a a community society and history and political situation if I say something it's not only my my own words it's outcome of those forces also you know that uh, I cannot have the whole ownership of my words you know that. Uh, for example I, I was born in a city in the middle of Iran called uh, Yaz that uh, it's a city in the middle of desert and those people uh, uh, um, uh, had lots of challenges in their life I, in, in, in the scale of history to survive in that scale and I know that all of those habits have uh, affected on me and uh, even you see many people from that city are more conservative than other uh, cities uh, we cannot generalize it to everyone but generally uh, what's happening and uh, yeah coming back to that uh, connecting the individual change and uh, collective change can really help us and sometimes uh, uh, we ask from each other what i can do you know and um, and I think that, uh, yes, we can uh, open our eyes to what's happening at this. At the same time, uh, listening to ourselves can be uh, very helpful. I was talking to a friend in Iran uh, who, who was observing some people to uh, some uh, social spaces like cafes and... Uh, um, uh, uh, and cafes, yeah, and uh, he was just observing that, uh, yeah, the hijab has changed in, the, in those spaces and rarely people uh, um, obey the government to have the hijab and you see many girls without uh, the scarf or uh, the regular uh, uh, co- a way of covering their hairs. and uh from that uh, story, I just learned that people uh, are starting living the way that really they want to live. You know, one way of uh, protest is that they go to the streets. The other way is that you do what you want to do after the change and you bring the change now, you know. In your life. Yeah, in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of that pressure from outside that People cannot anymore trust the police <laughs> because the police is the main sector that uh, uh, is the main threat for the people. Can kill them, can uh, shut their eyes. Many people became blind on the streets in Iran. Uh, what I heard from my friends and families in Iran that uh, uh, people are getting more organized and helping uh, each other in, and becoming more social. Not always in a political way, just supporting each other uh, emotionally, financially mm-hmm. and different ways. And I think that uh, that's one of the opportunity of uh, this uh, uh, change that uh, people are going behind their Or identity box their own uh, uh, interests Mm -hmm. and they open their uh, uh, space to contradictory intentions and uh, helping uh, someone who previously they called them the other and embracing the other now for me what what was happening that uh, I was just uh, challenging myself that um, if I concern about social change and uh, we always talk about that we cannot predict social change and we don't know how, the, how does it happen uh, and uh, it, it, this big change is happening in a bigger uh, in a big scale how um, academics, those people who care about social change can learn about those patterns emerging uh, in the uh, existing revolution of Iran in different societies based on the scale of problem we think about uh, uh, changing something you know and uh, changing social issues is not a kind of engineering change that you do one, then you do two, second step, then three step it's so organic and it's unpredictable Mm -hmm. and uh, no one knew that someone like Massa is going to uh, and got killed by the government and uh, Massa, I mean, it become a symbol of a country you know and even we can ask that how many people uh, got killed by the government, but why massa? What why uh, at this time? Why at this space? Why would the this organization um, transform massa I meaning into a symbol of a country? You know, mm-hmm. a Kurdish people coming to the capital city of Iran, and uh, it on uh, 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 the morality police captured her, uh, her and something happened, and. Uh, uh, she dies and for sure uh, she got killed by the government with or without knowing and uh, why uh, Massa Amini became the symbol of this movement you know and uh, why all of these different political social uh, groups all agree that Mahsa Amini is the uh, secret of this movement <laughs> yeah what do you think? Um, uh, I- uh, still I'm uh, wondering about what's happening but uh, what I see is that uh, one side is about that she was a girl and women uh, in Iran are uh, uh, experiencing uh, uh, repression a lot. The second thing that is so obvious that she, will, uh, she got killed in a really innocent way. The third thing was that uh, it happened uh, uh, through a everyday li- uh, life, uh, everyday way of repression by the government that you always see on the streets of Iran, those morality police, you know, and uh, these are some just guess from me, but I think it's more than that. And it also depends on the time that it happens, you know, and um, almost Iranian uh, uh, society, uh, had this tolerance to wait for a uh, kind of reform or change and see a kind of sign of change from the government but they just became more restrict about change and uh, I think everybody uh, lost their hope from the government you know and you know I feel, feel that Iranian people are so patient and they gave enough time but they uh, uh, i had no feedback from the government and uh, they found uh, maybe it was the moment that everybody came to this uh, uh, conclusion that we need uh, a kind an alternative regime you know and even people you know, went behind those those uh, politicians that we were never thinking about reform or change in iran yeah but I don't know still, it can be really a good question, you know, and that how Mahsa Amini uh, became the symbol of this revolution.